0: Hi, everyone, welcome back to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. Today, my guest is Lauren Gateson, who is a body connection coach and the creator of the holistic health website empowersustenance.com, which has supported over 14 million readers. She's the author of The Invisible Corset, Break Free of Beauty Culture, and Embrace Your Radiant Self, and the founder of Floral Song Flower Essences. In today's episode, we cover Lauren's personal health journey and how she was let down by conventional medicine when she was struggling with inflammatory bowel disease how addressing both the physical and emotional energetics aspects of health helped her ultimately heal, why we, especially as women, have become so disconnected from our bodies, intuition, and the healing benefits of nature, how big pharma and conventional Western medicine and health advice is keeping us sick, her thoughts on the COVID-vax, I'm sure you all know what the code words mean. I I did try to not say the full term because I don't want to be kind of shadow banned on social media and have my podcast suppressed because that is definitely happening. So I try to use the lingo, but sometimes it just slips out. So hopefully like if this resonates with you, I would love for you to share it. Um, And yeah, Um, so why she's refusing it and how a lot of the research and information um, sharing some of the negative effects of the, the Vax are being suppressed. And you will probably feel slightly stressed and frustrated at points of the interview like me after listening to the part on um, Colby and everything that's been going on, because honestly it's scary and anxiety provoking. Um, So towards the end of the episode, she shows the benefits of flower essences, which I'm definitely gonna have to reach for and to help me get through. So she has a company called Floral Song, which you should definitely check out because I'm, very interested in learning more about flower essences after hearing Lauren share some of the benefits so I wasn't planning on talking about the vax or COVID during the episode we we just agreed to talk initially about the whole body image thing and flower essences but it kind of came up in conversation and I thought we'd just go with it because I needed to cover it at some point I have been posting bits on social media but this episode isn't designed to freak you out but if you think about it all almost all of the information that we get through mainstream channels is claiming that the vax the lockdowns the restrictions are the only solution to the pandemic and this is scaremongering tactic and honestly i don't like it so it may be controversial some of the stuff that she mentions but i've included resources in the show notes for you to do your own research and i agree with her point she makes in the episode that almost nothing else in conventional medicine in terms of health recommendations promote true healing and if you think about it, a lot of them don't have the best—not really necessarily doctors, but higher up, the pharmaceutical industries don't have our true health and well-being at heart. Because at the end of the day, it's a business; they're trying to make money, and um, potentially keeping us sick. And once you start one medication, you end up on another one and another one. So just bear that in mind. Um, plus, her experience and my experience, and I'm sure a lot of you listening, with doctors, the health recommendations, the medications that they offer have actually just made me worse. Um, so this could be the the same thing that's happening and so with the dietary low fat era that just made everyone sicker fatter and more inflamed than ever so i hope this episode is thought-provoking and please don't feel peer pressured either way with conventional media or with some of the the natural holistic um perspectives that are out there do do what intuitively feels right to you um, and ignore anything that doesn't resonate um, but do your best to look at both sides of the story, the argument. Like I try to, and try to keep a balanced opinion. Do what's best for you and your family, because nobody knows the long term risks. Unfortunately, that said, let's jump right into the episode with Lauren Gateson. So, welcome to the podcast, Lauren. Thank you so much, Vivian. It's great to be here. And can you share how you got into the whole? So, my first question is always like, how did you get into this? Because these are quite interesting subjects. So, have you got like a personal health? journey
1: story? I've got quite a personal health journey. Yes. No surprise there. I was diagnosed with autoimmune issues when I was 14. uh, so ulcerative colitis and a very severe form of it all through high school. I was in and out of the hospital bedridden on and off. I was prescribed all these drugs and then more drugs for the side effects because that's how allopathic medicine works. And when I was 18, my doctor said, well, it looks like the medications have failed you. So your last remaining option is a surgery to remove part of your colon. They also said that the surgery would probably have to be ongoing because it doesn't fix the disease. It continues to spread. This was, it felt like such a death sentence to me. And um, in that moment, I, I had a little opening in my consciousness, in my psyche, because my doctors, who I had been taught, of course, to respect and unquestion my whole life, Um, had told me nutrition wouldn't help and that I'd need drugs for the rest of my life. But shortly after that, I picked up a book, the gap, uh, not the gap diet. It was the breaking the vicious cycle, which outlines a similar thing to the gaps protocol. It's a dietary protocol for addressing autoimmunity. And as I held that book, I heard my intuition so clearly the first time in my adult life. And it was like this whisper rising up inside me that said, I have to try this. And I chose to listen to my body's wisdom in that moment, instead of all the external voices of authority who said, this won't help. And sure enough, within three days, my acute symptoms were gone. I mean, I went from being bedridden to having energy, being able to move around. Within three months I was off all my medications. Uh, and so it felt like such a miracle from that point, I started researching nutritional therapy. I became a nutritional therapy practitioner, started my health blog, Uh, And like so many other people who have gone on this physical health journey, that led me to see that the deeper root issues were actually psychological and spiritual and cultural. Like that's where it comes from. And as I started working with clients, uh, I realized that one of the biggest barriers to getting deeper in our healing journey We have to graduate beyond the rule book of nutrition and supplement protocols to really listen to our intuition, to hear the choices our body needs us to make around bigger things like relationships, uh, careers, personal decisions, belief systems. We can only know what choices we need to make by listening to our intuition and reconnecting with our bodies. So that's where I came up with the concept of the invisible corset, which is this set of beliefs that women are indoctrinated into from our society that makes us as uncomfortable and disconnected from our bodies as whalebone corsets once did. And we have to take off these beliefs and see them for what they are in order to return back to our inner healing wisdom at the highest level levels if that all makes sense
0: absolutely what a story and that's just proof that the body can heal once you remove the stressors the blockages you give it back what it needs then I, I believe that I think that you do it can heal from pretty much anything and pretty quickly in cases like yours um but you looking back now um what factors do you believe led to your illness in the first place both like physical because obviously nutrition is important but it's not mm-hmm. everything even as nutritional therapists we Um, we believe, um, especially the the type of like naturopathic approach that we have compared to some dieticians who are just very calorie grams of fat focused. Mm -hmm. We are aware that nutrition is important, but it's not everything. So what like physical and energetic, emotional aspects do you feel like led to your illness developing?
1: That's such a great question because yes, there was, I can look back and see, you know, I had a, Eating disorder shortly before I developed my disease, I was very anorexic and basically eating Splenda Special K, which is a soy based cereal, skim milk, and Diet Coke. Well, there's a recipe for disaster. Mm
0: -hmm. That's asking Uh, for hormone imbalances.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Uh, I had um, some family stress and trauma going on in my life too, Uh, some genetic potential predispositions, like this pattern that I could see in my family. However, right. When we look at epigenetics and gene expression, all that is triggered by environment, like our subconscious, our environment turns on and off these gene manifestations. And I truly believe if even at a level of epigenetics, like that's a kind of a reductionistic perspective. And I really prefer to, to look at the very bigger picture from a level of frequency and consciousness and seeing our bodies as, um, these very wise beings, our soulmates who are communicating through us to us through disease, distress, and symptoms. So one of my paradigms is that the body will tell the truth for us. When we aren't, the body will say no. If we are not saying no, and the body will eject us from a life that is not suited to us, especially if we are adhering to cultural values, um, at the sacrifice of our own souls values. I checked off all of those. Like I was staying silent. I was, um, repressing my feelings, my beliefs, my emotions in major ways. I wasn't questioning the cultural and academic values. I mean, I was very perfectionist type a, this particular autoimmune issue tends to manifest in those personality types. Uh, so I was really on a level of Consciousness asking for my body to give me a big wake up call.
0: And why have we become so disconnected from our bodies and listening to symptoms? Like when something pops up now, like fatigue, instead of having a rest and going to bed a little bit earlier, we push through and have another cup of coffee. Um, And with period problems, like people just run to the doctor, get put on birth control, and yes, it might suppress the symptoms temporarily. But when they come off the pill, the issues are still there, probably twice as bad than when Absolutely. they initially started it so what is what is leading to a, what has led to us becoming so disconnected
1: well when it comes to women in particularly it's the invisible course that these these beliefs that are so fundamental to how we perceive the world we don't realize that they are perceptional frameworks we think they're reality and they all there i have five strings like these five main beliefs that i talk about in the book and they're all so ingrained this, that leads to this perception of our bodies as machines. We need to control instead of wise beings to trust. And that is the root of it. So like one of these strings is fear, this belief that we need to fear our body shape, our body size, uh, our skin color, our hair, you know, our natural expression of our sexuality, our emotions, our intuition, and we all get messages that confirm this through various industries, pharmaceutical, beauty, diet, skincare industries, et cetera. There is also this aspect of uh, mechanization that comes into play. This is the fourth string and the root here is the scientific revolution in essence, which co-opted the indigenous perspective that really was throughout all global cultures. So no matter where we came from, where our ancestors came from, there was a concept of having a relationship with nature, both nature within us and without us, the world was seen as a being, literally mother earth. There was an aspect of communication that was going on. And then as we hit the scientific revolution, our languaging changed. And we started to talk about the body as a machine, as an it, Uh, we started to have the assumption that like a machine, it should behave in predictable and predetermined ways. So if we just followed, you know, a certain calorie input and output or took certain supplements, we would look like the celebrity who was promoting this diet, which is complete BS because the body's not a math equation, right? So it's all these, deeply ingrained perceptional frameworks that lead us to silencing symptoms instead of realizing that is the wisest voice telling us to reorient our lives and get back in alignment with our soul
0: i think as women as well we have this ancestral trauma um, and kind of like a witch wound because back in the day the women who were healers and herbalists and help people with health issues they were killed as witches and kind of burned at the stake so that can be passed down so we can be afraid i've even had to work on this um like being scared in case i get something wrong or make a mistake Mm -hmm. or um give someone the wrong kind of formula or anything like that and i had to work through that and just kind of tell myself that i'm i'm trying to benefit someone and i'm not doing it um i'm not purposely harming anyone and hopefully i don't do that but that i think like the witch wound and all of this this wisdom from all of these women over the years has been lost and suppressed and um that is such herbal medicine yeah it's been it's been suppressed quite a lot
1: yeah and i think in fact it's just getting worse if if we look at this pattern Mm. we look at now the forces we face that are trying to silence both men and women who are in the natural healing realm and who want to work with the body's wisdom again instead of against it the powers at play now have more money and more power than ever to silence and suppress us so i just think this is that it's the bravest work and the most important work to actually look at those those fear ref- reflexes inside of us and be like no i'm not going to listen to that it's time for us to rise up because truly this is the healing that the world needs
0: and it's particularly relevant in the past year almost mm-hmm. two years now with the whole We'll call it the um, the uh, the virus, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's been, that's been um, around for yeah a, a good number of months now, um, right. and it doesn't seem to be kind of leaving anytime soon. Um, and it but, won't
1: leave until everyone accepts Lord Pharma mm-hmm. as their savior. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. talk a
0: a little bit more about your thoughts. Yeah. We'll call it the vax. I'm sure everyone knows what we're talking about, but I don't want to be um, banned on <laughs> Spotify and iTunes and all of these places because they're suppressing some of this important information and I'll just Mm -hmm. say that I'm not completely anti-vaccine I'm kind of somewhere in the middle and I think there's a time and a place and everyone should have a choice and we shouldn't have to be forced or feel ungood into Mm -hmm. making a decision that's not right for us Um, so I just wanted to make that point but I wanted to know your opinion obviously controversial subjects but um, let me know from like your research or um, what you think is going on
1: Hmm. Well, it's so interesting because mainstream and governmental health advice has always been wrong. Like always, this is so common sense to any of us who have been in this field. I've been a health researcher for a decade. And my health opinions have always been quote controversial for that matter, because I went to the actual scientific literature, instead of looking at the pharma funded studies, uh, it's so basic, and for some reason, this is a blind spot for people. They think now it's somehow different, and now the only way to health is better living through chemistry. And nature can't help you. You can't trust your body. We we need genetically modified mRNA here, and it's crazy to see some of our colleagues in the natural medicine circle fall in line with this rhetoric. Um, and you really hit on an important piece. That was the biggest red flag for me right from the get-go which is uh, the silencing and suppressing of different scientific research and medical opinions so when big tech was deciding that they were going to silence doctors who were speaking out about their personal experience using protocols uh, I was like, why does big tech think they know more about healthcare than the actual doctors who are practicing this or the actual healers who are practicing this? That is not science. Science is not, you know, people are like, trust the science. Science is not a religion, it's not a belief system with doctrine that you adhere to. It is a method of inquiry, and it only evolves when the people who are using that method of inquiry are um, spiritually and emotionally mature enough to default to curiosity instead of defensiveness. That takes a level of maturity uh, to not hang out in your ego, who wants the certainty, who wants the identity to a certain belief system. So the fact that Medical experts and personal medical testimony, specifically experience with pharmaceutical harm, is being wiped off the internet. The fact that actual peer reviewed scientific data is getting uh, eliminated, retracted, um, not because it was inaccurate, but because it conflicted with the pharmaceutical agenda, is getting removed from big tech platforms. This is not a myth. I've seen it with my own eyes. My colleagues have had accounts deleted because they posted a link to like journals on the Lancet or the annals of internal medicine, like preeminent medical journals. This is insane. This is not science. Uh, It's a cult-like belief system that the powers that be have been training people into thinking this way for a long time so that this pharmaceutical agenda could be they very efficiently right now and if anybody is has an open mind and is interested in seeing the bigger picture the the things that i really encourage people to look at is first the history of the pharmaceutical industry right so the flexner report in 1912 which basically erased the widespread effective practice of nutrition herbalism homeopathy and indigenous medicine in the united states Like Native Americans, their sacred healing rituals, uh, which combined spirituality and health, um, which is quite opposite to our mainstream medicine, that was illegal in their own land to practice until I think like the 1970s, maybe 1968. Um, So Western medicine has erased tools of healing and tried to sever spirituality from medicine, not for the purpose of making us well, not because they care about indigenous people or black people or minorities, they never have and they still don't. Um, We need to look at this pattern of behavior instead of just believing the words. It's just like if you're dealing with a narcissistic person, they are very convincing and charming and they can say all the right things. You're only gonna know the truth about them if you look at their history of behavior their criminal history, especially important when we're looking at the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, and then, oh, what was the other piece I wanted to go to? Any other resources
0: well, you recommend? Yes, people, oh like, yes. That haven't yet been banned. Hopefully, by mm. the time this goes live, they're still available, and will be linked in the show notes. But any yeah. direction that you can give?
1: Yeah. Well, I would recommend getting on Telegram, which is free of medical censorship. My Telegram channel is Lauren underscore Gertson There. And then also looking at a couple important documents called Rockefeller's Operation Lockstep, which was published in 2008, I believe, or 2010. And this basically projected, it was written in past tense as if this future had already started. And it projected the um, pandemic, the lockdowns, the masks, the body temperature scans, which is okay, we're having a laser right here at our third eye. This is, this is weird too. Like all of these, these aspects are so insidious. Covering up our faces, comparing our breathing, we, there's not an ounce of good science that supports using a mask. The
0: toxic chemicals that are lined in some of the, the reusable masks.
1: Exactly. Um, you know. And then moving on to climate lockdowns, preventing people from eating red meat, increasing poverty level. This is all outlined in this document called Operation Lockstep. Um, in order to create a future of more globalization, top down control, and behavior control. So that's one important document. Um, we have Event 201, which was put on by the Johns Hopkins Foundation in 2019. And this was also <laughs> creating a hypothetical pandemic that would come about from uh, a bat, and it would be a coronavirus, and they'd have to rush out a vaccine, and the major players in this. Uh, pretend pandemic were like Johnson and Johnson and the Gates Foundation and the CDC, like if people actually knew the history of what is written down in black and white, it would it would blow people's minds. The cognitive dissonance levels would be off the charts. Uh, And then the other document, if people want to know what's coming around the pipeline next that we need to prevent with our resistance and with critical thinking, um, is the SPARS pandemic, which they predicted from 2025 to 2028. And this is also continuing um, these complete totalitarian unscientific measures around health care, it's not healthcare of course, um, but also how to talk about the fact that a vaccine that was rushed out for this previous coronavirus would have injured and harmed millions and millions of people. And now we got to convince those people that they were um, brave, that they sacrificed themselves for the greater good by getting this experimental medicine. Uh, But it turns out that the cure might've been worse than the disease. And this is written down in black and white. So people should go check out all those documents. Uh, It would really be an eye-opener. They would be linked.
0: Yeah, that's crazy and it like freaks me out just to think of it i've not had the vaccine i'm being um, mailed and emailed and texted through the nhs um like almost every week now recently saying that your age group now because they started at, like with the vulnerable vulnerable people and then kind of worked their way down so i've just been bombarded by emails now and it's um yeah stressing me out but i am gonna try and hold off for as long as possible um and trying not to get it but they are pressuring everyone into like the vaccine passports you're not going to be able to travel um potentially and you're going to have your your freedom limited so that's one aspect but with you is it more of the the actual vax itself and what that will potentially do to the body that is um that is kind of the the negative view and or is it the kind of um the government the big pharma aspect of things. um, These are all, yeah, such important
1: questions. You know, and so many people, I really feel for you. I um, am in a unique situation. I'm self-employed. I don't need to travel for my job. I have less pressure in that area. I mean, I don't have kids going to college or whatever. You know, some of the pressures that other people are facing. But these are important questions. Um, And for me, I was immune to the propaganda from the get go, because pharma already told me, "Oh, our products are your only choice. There are no safe natural alternatives, and you'll need our products for the rest of your life." I was already told that, and realized that is a load of BS. Mm-hmm. There yeah, is not sorry. an ounce of truth. I had in the
0: PCOS that. and acne. I was told like the pill's going to fix everything. Roaccutane is here if you need it. Fertility meds are here. Mm-hmm. You're going to need them down the line as well, and they well, I was only on the pill, but that made everything 10 times worse. And I've healed myself naturally. And I've been kind of shunned from my conventional doctors. Like every time I ring up just for like a basic blood work, they're like um, not wanting to see me. They're kind of um, not being cooperative just because I've refused the treatment. Um, So yeah, yeah, I've also experienced a similar thing.
1: Right. Well, a lot of people have, which is a good thing, because now we can see through, oh, they're just using the same old message. And it's always been a lie. Mm -hmm. And it's still a lie. So then we get to the point, you asked me, like, why am I so secure? I am never, I am never going to get this shot um, because we need, first of all, we need the resistance. Like if we are going to stop what's coming down the line further, like we should have stopped it at the masks. Honestly, that's where I drew the line. I was, I was seeing it there. And then sure enough, the vaccines roll out and now we're going to the mandatory vaccines and the passports, which were quote, conspiracy theories a few months ago. So. Uh, for me, if I look at the ingredients of this vaccine, the fact that it is experimental gene therapy technology that's never been afford- been approved for human use, the clinical trials don't get done until 2023, it contains reproductive toxins like SM102, uh, it has high, high rates of adverse effects that are being reported to VAERS as well as the European Database of Adverse Vaccine Effects. And um, that this is typically about one percent of adverse ref- uh, effects actually get reported to these databases, because it takes a doctor thirty minutes of unpaid time to properly fill out this report, and individuals often don't fill out this report. Um, and the fines for improperly filling out this report are are scary for people. Um, there's a lot of pressure, like to to do it right, or there will be legal recourse. So um, just don't bother. So they just don't bother. And they put those legal mm, fear tactics, I think, on every page of that document to scare people. Uh, So, you know, what is getting reported is very, very high likelihood of being factual um, and a very high likelihood of being way underreported. So I also know in terms of the history of vaccines, like the vaccine propaganda, they've been playing the long game there, because if we actually look at the statistics and past vaccination rates um, that are supposedly responsible for lowered child, childhood uh, mortality. That's a myth, too. It is a myth, just like we used to believe that butter caused heart attacks. Uh, and in, it's a myth that's been perpetuated because it benefits the pharmaceutical interests. Um, and I'm really lucky because I've been researching all this stuff for a decade. So I, I could see through it right away. um And then the other big piece here is, yes, the aspect of we are taking away your freedom so that you must buy it back from us with your bodily autonomy. That is what a psychological abuser does. That's not the role of my government. I have already been in a psychologically abusive relationship. And so I can also see through these abusive relationship dynamics that are being, you know, I I had a a little bit of like, slight PTSD when my government was doing to me the exact same thing that my abuser did to me many years ago in terms of all of these aspects of rhetoric. I have your best interest at heart. I'm smarter than you. You can't trust your own intuition. You will hurt other people if you act from your intuition. Um, Oh, like... You can't take a single step. You can't make a single decision with out my written approval and my consent. So let me see your papers. You know, these are the messages that parallel an abuser of the highest degree. And people need to stand up for this. I really do believe that that's going to happen. You know, the powers that be want to convince us that we only have one option in the future, that we won't be able to travel, we won't won't be able to buy food unless we obey them. But the way to get out of an abusive relationship is is so simple. We say, no, that is not my reality. That is not my world. And we just need a critical mass of people saying that. And I do believe we are going to see that.
0: Do you love coffee, but have been told it's bad and needs to be avoided if you're struggling with hormone imbalances like acne, PMS, and period problems? Honestly, most coffee out there should be avoided because the majority are contaminated with things like mold and pesticides, which can drive inflammation and those feelings like anxiousness and jitteriness after drinking. But what if I told you there was a coffee option that tastes great, is organic and mold-free, and also provides healing properties from reishi mushroom spores. Enter Organo King Coffee, my latest obsession. I didn't drink it for years because it would always wreck my sleep and leave me feeling like an anxious mess. But King Coffee does the exact opposite. Don't worry, it's not one of those fake coffee alternatives made from herbs. And if you've tried other mushroom coffee brands out there, I promise this one actually tastes good and is way better and provides so many more health benefits. If you haven't already heard of the benefits of Reishi Mushroom or Ganoderma then let me give you a quick overview. It's known as the king of medicinal mushroom family due to its superpowers such as supporting healthy immune balance and being an adrenal adaptogen. This means if your immune system is overactive due to autoimmunity or suppressed because of things like chronic infections and you're not really sure if your cortisol levels are high or low, the Reishi can help to balance things out and it promotes homeostasis within the body. It's also antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, pretty much everything that we want from a product because of its potency. I'd recommend starting slowly if you're someone who's struggling with more complex chronic health issues or is sensitive. If you're thinking, why can't I just take a reishi mushroom supplement? Good question. Organo use a patented process to gently crack the inner and outer shell, offering 99% bioavailability of the reishi mushroom spores. I also explain this as being like the differences with probiotics. The regular lactobacillus, bifidobacterium options that we can all buy readily in health food shops have some benefit, but nowhere near as much as the spore-based probiotics that I use all the time with clients. Wanting to give Organo King Coffee a try for yourself? Visit vivanaturalhealth.myorganogold.com. This will all be spelled out and linked in the episode show notes and also my bio link on Instagram. I really hope you love it as much as I do but now let's get back to the show but what are your thoughts on the whole um the shedding aspect in terms of the like the spike protein so even if um you don't get it maybe your friend group your family group all kind of went with the the uh, um the mm-hmm. recommendations and get get the vax. Um, Mm -hmm. but then you're exposed to them. You're you're trying to spend time with your family and your friends to help your mental health and get back out into the world. But now there's kind of, um, I don't know if it's in the the science yet, but potential um, shedding of the spike proteins so that you could still be affected health-wise, even if you don't get the shot.
1: Yeah. Well, if people want a really good resource on that, the creator of the mRNA gene therapy technology was on Brett Weinstein's dark horse podcast recently. He actually went to the FDA and told them, Hey, look, uh, you're releasing this in the mass vaccine. Um, This could have adverse effects. And there was another engineer on this podcast episode who has also done very in-depth research on this spike protein that the vaccine causes your body to create. This is a toxin to your body. This is, this is really evidence-based that the spike protein is harmful. Um, and then the, uh, this transfer basically, like you said, the shedding, uh, I don't know how much data we have on that yet. Um, so I am trying to stay in a place of curiosity and not defaulting to the, you know, us versus them fear, which can be quite reductionistic, just like this fear of a virus creating a disease rather than looking at actual terrain uh, theory and the power we have over our bodies and our frequency of health. Um, I don't want to get into that same thinking around this, but with that said, I find it quite disturbing uh, that, you know, at this point, hundreds of thousands of women who haven't gotten the shot are reporting crazy menstrual issues from their husbands or, you know, being around somebody in the office who got the shot. Fertility clinics are reporting um, miscarriages at rates four times higher, even among their unvaccinated um, patients. So I think that there could be something with the energetic uh, factors at play. So if a poison is introduced to like half a population, it makes sense that there might be some morphic field resonance, some impacts in the other half of the population. Uh, And then we also have other factors that are happening, like the rollout of 5G. So who really knows? Uh, I will say that I really, I have drawn the line. I will not date somebody who has gotten the shot, Um, you know, but I will hang out with people, you know, I, I, I'm not going to segregate, but, I won't have sex with unvaccinated sperm. I will tell you that. I mean, with vaccinated sperm, who knows what is in that? Um, all the spike proteins seem to actually in women they've looked at, it tends to, to congregate in the ovaries. Okay. So we know that these are going more to the reproductive organs. So maybe this quote conspiracy about the, um, uh, causing, uh, infertility issues Mm -hmm and mass sterility there could be something to that Uh, so that's where i've drawn the boundary for now but i'm just keeping an open mind and trying to learn as much as possible uh, and not act from fear if that makes sense
0: yeah that's kind of my exact situation right now i'm I'm the black sheep of the family hasn't been vaccinated Um, parents have brother has um, boyfriend has recently so Mm -hmm your advice to me would be like just keep my vitality high protect my immune system don't freak out too much and don't kind of isolate myself because I'm at the point now I've isolated myself for my health for years and mm-hmm. now I'm at the point mm-hmm. where I'm like fully healthy I'm feeling better and I want to go out and eat at restaurants and spend time with yes. friends and family and loved ones yeah. but now I'm like freaking out about th- the whole vaccine side of things yeah. so yeah what would your advice be if you were my? Yeah,
1: well, I think it's important to look at you know how much joy and social connectivity and connectedness raises our health levels. That is so important. Um, so I would I would follow your bliss, follow your joy. There, uh, um, there are some useful things like anise, anise seed. if you make a tea out of that, or fennel seed, or pine needles. They contain a specific um, chemical compound that supposedly helps deactivate the spike protein. So I know a lot of people who drink that tea on a regular basis. Supplements like uh, quercetin are helpful. Um, N-acetylcysteine, I actually have my supplements lined up on my table here, which interestingly enough, uh, there was five clinical trials on the supplement NAC, which has been widely used since the 1980s helps your liver produce glutathione and it's been used to help people recover from mold toxicity and and their cancer therapies. Well, we recently had some clinical trials started showing that this is really helpful for people recovering COVID Mm -hmm. and the FDA pulled this immediately from the shelves. So I, you know, I went to thread market and Vitacost and all the places I would usually buy supplements and it was gone. Um, I found it on LifeExtension.com, So they may still be carrying it, Uh, so that's a really helpful, you know, get some liver support glutathione, maybe sublingual glutathione, but I think that's such a great example of the the government doesn't care about you. The FDA does not want you healthy. Of course not. They're pulling the very things and the very information that would allow your body to do its own healing. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So we'll have to kind of weigh up the pros and the cons. Like, is it worth again, isolating myself, but then being anxious and lonely and, um versus yeah. people who knows like the long-term risks because it's yeah everyone but um yeah I feel like <laughs> stress yeah. is a little bit high at the moment and this will so, tie us nicely into yeah, I was gonna say next, this goes perfectly
1: yeah, into I feel like I other some
0: um flow essences to help mm-hmm. my stress because before we hit record I was gonna ask you specific flower remedies for specific hormone imbalances whether it's PMS or anxiety but you said why not just talk about how stress like managing your stress first and I totally agree that will then have a knock-on effect on your hormones and your energy and all of those things so to start off with how did you get into flower essences specifically how did they help you and what are they
1: mm-hmm So flower essences are like magic in a bottle. They're a form of energy therapy. So just like we have tapping, we have Reiki. This is a form of energy therapy that you take in your mouth. I kind of, I call it acupuncture in a bottle basically, because it helps shift those trapped and repressed emotional energy patterns that can keep us in patterns of, uh, anxiety depression, lack of focus, procrastination, whatever it may be, uh, whatever mental health issues or emotional health issues we're facing. So I first was recommended flower essences when I, shortly after I had found nutrition and I was opening up my mindset to other modalities that could help me heal because I was like, oh, maybe allopathic medicine has lied about all these quote quackery things. So I went to an energy healer and she recommended a bottle of Bach flower essences. So this is a brand that a lot of people can find in health food stores. I went and I picked up this specific essence she recommended. I held the bottle in my hand and it was like being reconnected with a soulmate. It was fireworks going off in my heart. It was this deep sensation of, oh my goodness, Uh, there is, I I love, I love this, like with a soulmate love. And I wanted to sleep with that bottle under my pillow. It was so familiar to my heart and soul. And I started feeling shifts immediately. It felt like my mind wasn't holding so tightly onto these unhealthy beliefs. And I was having more space to make new decisions instead of acting automatically from old, unconscious, unhealthy programming. So this is the biggest thing people will realize when they start taking flower essences. They'll they'll start to have space around their unhealthy coping mechanisms. Anxiety is an unhealthy coping mechanism. Depression is an unhealthy coping mechanism. Um, Just like, you know, numbing out in front of the TV or smoking or junk food. Like we hold on to these mental patterns in the same way. And flower essences, by by releasing the trapped energy, allow us space to rewire our subconscious and choose different thoughts and behaviors instead of defaulting to old, unhealthy thoughts and behaviors. Now, you pointed out before we started recording to um, add some uh, help people understand the difference between essential oils. And herbs and flower essences, you know, especially in the US, like we're, we're behind Europe here in terms of acceptance of homeopathic remedies and energy-based therapies. So flower essences fall more into that realm of homeopathy. They're energy-based. The main ingredient is not a chemical compound and they're made by soaking flowers in water and sunlight, and that captures the energetic imprint. And then that is transferred into your body. Uh, So I realized that I was a flower intuitive. I was was somebody who could actually sense and hear the energetic healing properties that flowers had to offer. I didn't know when this started happening. Like I, I was literally starting to hear flowers sing to me. It was beautiful and weird and far out. I didn't know. That in ancient cultures, this was how all of the medicine people made their plant medicines. They literally said, the plants sing to us the healing that they want to offer humanity. This is so beautiful. Like truly the whole plant kingdom is here with a desire to be of service to the evolution of human consciousness, because that's why we're all on earth. I believe to help evolve the consciousness of earth. Um so that is the description of flower essences in a nutshell. And then of course, we have essential oils, which are like chemical compounds that are extracted through pressing the plant materials. Essential oils smell. Um, they have topical therapeutic properties or antimicrobial properties. Flower essences are just clear liquid. It's in a base of alcohol as a preservative and water that you just take in your mouth, or you put in a cool beverage. Uh, so they are taken internally. And
0: hence the name yep. with the flowers singing to you, your your company is Flo- uh, floral song, is floral right? song. Yep. yep. Amazing. Yep. Um and do you think that people like you did could just go into a store um so we have a a shop here in the UK called Holland & Barretts. They have the back flower remedies all lined up on a nice shelf. Could you just go in there and kind of hold each one? Um, And just see what resonates with you, or are there like specific ones that you could recommend, like the most common movie?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of great ways to do that. I think it's a wonderful intuition-building practice to look at different flower essences and just go with the one that seems to jump out or sing to you the most. So you can do this looking at the Bach flower essences when they're lined up. You could you can look at their descriptions too. Like they'll tell you the specific issues they're for. Um, or if you go to floralsong.com, do a similar thing. If you just scroll through the products and if there's one that just pops, you know, one title that really lands with you, trust your gut on that one. Um, and I do have a quiz on floralsong.com. There's a tab that says how to choose, and it's a really fun, it takes about three minute quiz, and that will give you a specific recommendation for the issue that is most up for you. Uh, so I can give some tips around dosing as well because I think that would be helpful. Yeah, and do you
0: ever blend them or do, is it best to take individual
1: ones? Yes, great question. So the Bach essences um, and like Flower Essence Society, which is a, a brand here in America, those are typically single flowers. Those you can take up you know, take up to four at a time, I would say. Uh, just mix those take, or you know, take them up multiple times of the day uh, but if you're to use a blend, so the floral song essences that I make, they are blends where the flowers are actually soaked together. So, which means they're in bloom together. Oftentimes these are flowers that are growing together. So there's a natural synergy there, um, which is quite different than if you were to blend like, um, yarrow flower and, uh, you know, oak Bach flower essences, you put those together um, I, that is really great, but I find there's more potency when the flowers are soaked together and there's that natural synergy. So that's why I recommend if you're doing a floral song essence, do one at a time. So the protocol for my clients is, you know, take one of these floral song essences for about three weeks. Uh, a bottle usually lasts for four weeks at the three week mark. If you want, you can add in another essence. But especially for energy sensitive people, these are so powerful. They're subtle and they're gentle, but they're very powerful. So starting a lot of essences at once can be can be a bit overwhelming to your system. Uh, so some things to keep in mind, like in case you start flower essence therapy and you're like, "Is this normal? Is this what's supposed to be happening?" Um, weird dreams sometimes uh, increased fatigue, like, just like if you're doing an acupuncture session or you have a really deep body work session and maybe you cry and your body is releasing emotions. Same thing with flower essences. Like even though you're not doing physical labor, your body is doing a lot of energetic work to release these old energy patterns. So fatigue can sometimes hit around day two or day three. It's always temporary. It's always brief, but just giving yourself gentleness and realizing you are doing really hard work in that moment to release generational, often patterns from your body. Um, and then heightened emotions can also happen. This is again, temporary and brief, but it's just helpful to have that awareness. Um, you might feel more triggered or more irritable or more weepy. Sometimes it depends on what essence you're taking because. Those are the trapped emotions that are being released from your body. They have to be processed to go out. Um, So it's helpful to have that awareness. Like that's everything going right, nothing going wrong. And even if you don't have any of those experiences, the essences are still doing their work. But, you know, especially for energy sensitive people, it can be helpful to have that awareness.
0: And how do we know? obviously there's people listening who describe themselves as highly sensitive people. Like what are some examples? What do you mean by that for someone who's not sure?
1: That's another good question. Oh my gosh, you're so on it. So, um, people who feel like they take on other people's emotions and they have trouble differentiating between, is this my stress or is this somebody else's? Or maybe they're the kind of people who can walk into a room and they feel like weird juju, or they feel, uh, the energy of the room, people who can be really impacted by the collective consciousness evolution process and can really pick up what's happening on a global level. Um, and then also of course, physical symptoms, physical sensitivities. If you're really prone to allergies, if you're a person who has, had autoimmune issues, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. You lean towards that end of the spectrum, uh, then I would say that being a highly sensitive person is is a likelihood. And the good thing there is that really gentle, safe therapies like flower essences and other energy-based modalities work really well for your body. Like that's the part I love about being a highly sensitive person is it could take somebody, you know, six acupuncture sessions to get the kind of shift I can have in one acupuncture session. Um, so that's great to keep in mind too, for people.
0: And do you probably know those people are intuitive as well?
1: Yes. You know, and that is, I, I would say that's, we could go deeper in depth in that conversation at another time, because I could go off on all kinds of rabbit trails there, but reclaiming our intuition, like that is a sixth sense that everybody has. I do think highly intu- highly sensitive people might have an easier in to it, um, but our culture has kind of tried to dampen that and eradicate that from the human population for control purposes. But I have a lot of exercises in my book, The Invisible Corset, that are like super practical ways to... Mm, uh, increase those, um, that brain wiring, basically that access to your intuition. And then one specific essence, uh, would from floral song would be compass. That's one particularly for getting back in touch with your intuition. Um, and then something to keep in mind for the highly sensitive people Two recommendations there, yarrow, I think that might be a Bach blend. Or it's from Flower Essence Society. Yarrow Flower Essence is a really great one for just keeping your energy field clear and for yourself. And then Fortress from Flower, um, Floral Song. That is similar. That is like the one I give to all my empath clients. And it really helps you differentiate your emotions and not take on other people's stuff. I also have a spray. It's called Clarity Spray. This is the only one that I have that is used topically. So you actually spray this on your aura, your energy field, and it helps like clear out that static and that fuzz, that energetic interference that we can get just from going through our day. Or I have clients who use it when like they're health practitioners and they'll use it between all their clients. So they're not taking on their client stuff throughout the day.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say, I could do with some of that spray because sometimes I just do it visually. I visualize Like a bubble around me, um, that could be pretty good. But to have some physical protection as well would be great. So I will definitely be looking into that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And
0: with the flow essences, um, just a few questions. Are they backed by any science or research? Um, And are they safe if anyone is on medication or has like a diagnosed mental health condition like depression?
1: Great questions there. There have been some randomized clinical trials on Bach flower essence particular, and it hasn't shown a better outcome than placebo. Uh, I take that with a grain of salt. What's interesting is antidepressants don't show a higher rate of efficacy than placebo. And with antidepressants, you are taking chemicals into your body that are going to disrupt disrupt, um, your sex drive, your health, your vitamin balance, and of course, long-term create an addiction and extreme withdrawal symptoms. Uh, so it's interesting. I do take that with a grain of salt because flower essences are so safe. They're so accessible and affordable. And I've just seen transformative results, not only with myself, but with all my clients, it's interesting because I work with my clients for just eight weeks. Like I keep it a short time period. I work with people who are just really oriented in doing deep transformative, big healing within those eight weeks. I will have, I would say the majority of my clients have major breakthroughs around relationships, new career paths, finding their purpose, like the big picture stuff. And I think one of those reasons is the flower essence therapy is such a powerful needle mover. Uh, so it's it even
0: needs uh, like i don't believe that it needs a scientific study like anecdotal evidence uh, personal experience is more than enough in my opinion
1: i agree and i come from both worlds as a health researcher and somebody who looks at the nuances there but also as an intuitive and the thing about science when we when it comes to herbal medicine it is about having ownership of nature like grinding up a plant, putting it under a microscope and trying to figure out how that plant works is kind of like grinding up a computer and trying to figure out how those molecules of nickel and copper um, work to extrapolate how the computer works. It's so reductionistic and imbalanced versus this paradigm that our ancestors had of having a relationship with nature, being informed um, by the wisdom of nature and allowing that to help us get back in touch with our own inner wisdom. It's a completely different paradigm. Uh, and it's one that I think is beautiful and sacred and really important, especially at a time when Western medicine has become so arrogant, uh, you know, and also very racist. It's so anti Indigenous to say that Western science alone, this reductionistic, materialistic, non-spiritual way is the only way to get to ultimate truth that is like so condescending and unevolved
0: absolutely and just going back to the the one on medication is it safe to take alongside antidepressants and things like that
1: absolutely uh and safe for kids as well over one uh If you're a parent, you would give your child that like, don't give them the bottle because it's half alcohol, but because you're taking the floral song essence is you take four drops four times a day. So very minute doses of alcohol at a time and your kids can take it on their tongue or you can put it, like I said, in a cool beverage and pregnant women, breastfeeding women as well. The cool thing there is that the baby in utero is actually going to get that energetic impact as the mother shifts her own energy field so cool
0: and i have little experience with uh, fluorescences if i'm honest i've had the is it rescue remedy just like the standard one that a lot of people are familiar with even if they don't know what fluorescences are and that just shows like people see that it works it's like a very popular product um even in like certain supermarkets and mainstream um shops here in the uk so yeah, if that's, if that's beneficial, you might want to do something more targeted for your individual needs, not just something that's very general um, and accessible to the average person. But this has been still fascinating and it's definitely inspired me to look more into them and check out some of your formulas as well. But before we finish up, I always ask my guests a few questions for you personally, just so we can get to know you a little bit better. So the first one is, what's your go-to breakfast? So I'm guessing you're very in, in touch with um, plants and a plant-heavy diet, maybe not completely vegan, but what is your typical goal to?
1: Yeah, I actually come from more of a paleo uh, diet. That was what helped me heal from my autoimmune issues. So my bre- typical breakfast is eggs and some grass-fed sausage, so lots of good fats and proteins, and then uh, either gluten-free toast or some roasted sweet potatoes or you know, um, I've been doing a, a Japanese sweet potato with butter, which is delicious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting some sort of green smoothie, but that sounds more like, much more like yeah. my breakfast. You know, it's <laughs>
1: interesting. My body tends to um, not do so great with the cold cold foods. So, you know, it ch- changes seasonally, but mm-hmm. I definitely like the hearty, warm breakfast. So less of like the
0: plant fibers, but more of like the plant energy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. A good way to put it. <laughs> What's one thing that you couldn't live without? So either like one specific flower essence or food or supplement or product.
1: You know, it, for me, it would be a notebook and a pen. I am a writer. I am a poet. I'm a songwriter. And so that is like in terms of my health too, like I have to be doing that to stay aligned and healthy.
0: And is any, I was going to ask the next question, something that you do daily to stay in hormonal harmony. So I'm guessing journaling, writing, um, expressing yourself creatively. Is one, is there anything else?
1: Yeah. Being in nature, um, grounding and sunshine and trees every day. If I, I mean, I live in the Northwest where it's gray and rainy, but um, that's, those are my, my three ingredients. Those are like the most, one of the most important pillars for health and they're all free. They're all accessible. Uh, So that's, that's a big piece for me.
0: It's like the, the, there's like a picture that goes around on social media that we're just like house plants with more complex emotions. (laughs) You just need like food, water, sunshine, nature, and we're good. That's so true. And then final question, Lauren, is where can people find more from you online and your products?
1: Mm -hmm. So uh, the book we touched on, Invisible Corset, you can go to invisiblecorset.com. It's at all major booksellers. And then the flower essences are at floralsong.com. And I have one other exciting project that will be available. I think when this comes live, it's called Beyond the Book. And this is a 30-day writing journey for people who want to get more in touch with their own intuition. It helps them get in touch with their subconscious. So I made this book for my clients and they just loved it. So I was, wanted to make it widely available. So that will be at beyondtherulebook.com.
0: sounds amazing i will link that and yeah i'll I'll, um make a note if it hasn't yet been released but i think it it should be um so this has been a fascinating interview i know we didn't start um off by wanting to talk about anything but the um kind of body image thing and the flow essences but then it took a a turn towards a very interesting subject so i'm glad that we got to cover that Um, and i respect you as a practitioner i think you're perfectly balanced in terms of you've got the science background but you've also got the the holistic naturopathic roots as well i think too many people are going either extreme and you're a nice kind of balance in the middle Um, and thank you you. for like speaking your truth sharing this information hopefully i know it's not going to resonate with everyone but there's maybe people like that that, whose lives will change as a result Um, and i think you're very brave for doing what you do and speaking your truth because there's a lot of suppression and a lot of people are getting backlash from speaking out um, and you're definitely practicing what you preach with the work that you did on your mindset and energy by using your voice speaking your truth and kind of standing up for yourself so thank you so much for your time and yeah this has been an amazing episode
1: thank you so much Vivian those words went straight to my heart thank you so much
0: I really hope you enjoyed this episode if you did and you would love a free copy of my hormone friendly recipes guide please leave me a rating and review and I will email you a copy as a thank you gift. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review and send it to me at gmail.com This guide contains delicious gluten, dairy, grain, and refined sugar free recipes, and all the meals contain specific hormone superfoods. Don't worry, there are no boring salad recipes included. Come and say hi over on Instagram at Viva Natural Health as I share a ton of free content every day and you can get to know more about me and how I stay hormonally healthy. If you haven't already, check out my website, viva-naturalhealth.co.uk, for my blog and many free guides which cover everything from clearing acne to gut health and hair loss. If you're ready to identify and address the root causes of your hormonal issues, whether that's acne, PMS, PCOS, hair loss or problematic periods, take that first step today and apply for an enrolment call on my website. We'll use this call to discuss the steps that you need to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony and how I could help you get there. See you back here next week for another episode.